You're listening to Cortez Community Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. I'm Dee Clark, and this is Cortez Currents, which you can also access in text form at cortezcurrents.ca. Today and tomorrow, we present an interview with Mark Vanesh, our new regional director. In the first part of this interview, we'll check in with Mark on his first month in office, how it's going at SRD, the 3% short-term rental tax, which he successfully proposed, and how he plans to reach out inclusively to the community. We'll also touch on what is probably the biggest challenge facing Cortez, our housing crisis. In part two of this interview, airing tomorrow, Tuesday, at this same time, we'll dig more deeply into the housing issue. So first off, Mark, how's the new job? How are things at SRD? Any surprises? So I've officially been the regional director for a month now, a month and two days. And so far, I'm pumped. I'm really excited around the the changes that have happened in the regional district. I feel like we have a really strong team there. And I'm, you know, seeing a lot more willingness to say yes to Cortez. And, and I'm just excited about that because, you know, no matter what we want to do and what the ideas I have and what the community wants to take action on, none of that can happen unless we have the support of the regional district. And I'm really fortunate to walk into to a very different situation than, than what's been there for the last 10 years. And I've also, yeah, as far as being surprised, you know, one of the biggest surprises is Gerald Wally. There's four rural regional um, directors, myself, Gerald Wally, Robin Mahini, and John Rice. And Gerald is, you know, he'd be classified quite right wing. And I was expecting, you know, oh, maybe there's going to be some challenges there because we, we, we have different political priorities. But it's been a really incredible story, me being able to work with somebody who's different than me politically but he's been so helpful and spent lots of time with me on, on like how to get things done and how to, how to interact with the, the regional district and, and, you know, be an effective person in the meetings to get things done. And that's been a huge surprise, but it's also points to like, you know, what I really want to do with politics and what I thought was like the sort of kind of revolution that needs to happen is that we need to sit down with people that are different than us and we've got to get outside of our silos, our political bubbles. And, this is just a great example of, of something that's happening in the regional district where, you know, he's been really helpful for me. He's like, I w- he would never do the, some of the things that I want to do in his community, but he's, sh- he's sure been gracious and supportive in, in helping me do that on my own, which I think is what politics needs to look like. One of the things I was able to do in my very first meeting, as most folks know, is, is get the regional district to support a 3% short-term rental tax on Cortez. So to be able to walk in on my very first meeting and, you know, get something done that is going to produce action and, and produce some income for Rainbow Ridge to get built felt really, really good to me. And also I think it signals the sort of change that's happened at the regional district and, and how folks are, are, I think, more willing to say yes to what we want. So can you tell us a little more about that 3% tax? Like, um, how is it implemented and what is it for? The application for the tax came from the Cortez Housing Society. It needed the regional district to provide a letter of support before it goes to the provincial government for approval. The tax application is now in the provincial government's hands, feeling very good about it being approved, but you know it's at their decision. And it will generate you know up to 50 grand a year from tourists who visit the island. 
when they book their short-term rental, the tourist is going to pay an extra 3 to $6 a night. And that money goes to the provincial government, who then passes it directly back to the Cortez Housing Society. Provincial government takes a tiny, tiny amount, pennies of it, for a provincial tourism initiative that they use to, to attract people to visit BC for large events, for things like the Olympics, the World Cup, you know, that kind of stuff. But the vast majority of that money goes straight to the Cortez Housing Society. And, you know, $50,000 a year isn't going to get Rainbow Ridge built, but what it does is it provides some secure revenue for them as they move into the next stages. It also gives us a competitive advantage to other funders because we can say, look, we've got $1.6 million raised through donations. We have these MRDT tax in place. It's going to provide some, some secured revenue. We've got the land. We've got the zoning. It gives us a competitive advantage when we're asking the provincial and federal government for money to help us build housing. Well, housing obviously is an issue very much on everyone's mind. But are there any other hot issues that you've inherited uh, along with your director's hat? Well, we could talk about boats. You know, that's that's part of the housing thing. We haven't talked about the reality of the situation is that you can, you know, spend a bunch of money on a tiny house or you can, you know, spend a little bit of money and get a boat. And a lot of people think that, you know, a very simple boat is going to be great, is going to work for them in the winter, which if you're on a mooring is is very challenging. But there, we, we have lots of folks living on boats that are that are are struggling and it is really the last resort for them. And a lot of people are doing it by choice too and are doing it quite adequately and you know, love the lifestyle. So it's, it's a mix, but we are seeing an increase of, of derelict boats. We're seeing an increase of, of boats that are you know coming off their moorings and, and hitting the shoreline, which is obviously a huge environmental concern. It speaks to you know, the housing crisis that, that, that this is happening and people, you know, if you don't have housing, people get desperate. If you don't have money, you, you do what you can to, to get housing, whether that's, you know, borrow a tarp or you spend a thousand bucks on a boat. And I think it's easy to sort of look at these folks and, and, and maybe be upset because of the environmental dangers or, but really it's, you know, people just needing a place to live. And one of the things I'm learning with housing and, and, and solutions is we got to, we have to meet the community where it's at. We have to face the reality of, of what's happening in Cortez, what, what is the reality, and then look at ways that we can make a difference to, to, to change things in a, in a way that's better. Do you see any way, legally, any hope that we on Cortez could get some kind of jurisdiction over moorings in our harbors, maybe through Hackeye? I don't think that's... It would fall under Hakai. They have a very specific mandate. Waters are regulated federally, so this is a federal government question. I think you know we we can start by you know looking at how other communities that have you know further along in this in this challenge have have faced it and what's worked in other places. But yeah, I think one of the things with like Gorge Harbor and our our local waters is and our forests and all these things having local control and say in the management of it makes sense to me. And these are some of the systematic things I think that would benefit Cortez as, as far as government changes and having more jurisdiction over our waters. Because, you know, some municipalities have got that, but I have no idea how that works. And I, I definitely do not want to sound like one of those anti-liveaboard people because, you know, I've been a liveaboard myself. Yeah, I was a liveaboard too. And, and so I really support the right of liveaboards to, to live as they choose. It can be a great life. But on the other hand, I know it's really not working when people who don't necessarily have the skills 
are dropping moorings, sometimes multiple moorings, just all over the place. It, it could be done better with some planning. But the federal level is never going to stoop down to our micro level and sort any of this out. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, you know, I'm highly optimistic that change could happen. And, and uh, you know, I'm only a month into my to my work as a politician, but I, I really want to keep holding the belief that all that all things are possible, and that you know, if you tell the story right, you, you convince the right person, you band up, you connect with other communities, you, you increase the size of your voice that change can happen. And I think it's really easy to, to be cynical about government and the potential for change. And I get it. You know, I have some of that same cynicism myself and I've seen governments that have made a difference. And I am optimistic, especially on Cortez, of, of the power of the people speaking up. You know, like the whether it's about environment or, or housing or, or the economy, there is a real power in, in people saying, this is where we live. This is how we'd like things to be done. This is what makes the most sense and is going to have the most benefits. Let's do it. And you're giving giving control to local communities around the issues that are affecting them and having the solutions meet those communities where they're at. Another issue that I guess never really goes away is tourism. I mean, we have very successfully promoted tourism. But have we ridden it as far as we can at this point? Are we starting to see negative returns, as in too many short-term rentals squeezing our housing market, or the ferries being hopelessly overcrowded in the summer, that kind of thing? Key for for economic sustainability, and me coming from a finance background, is diversification. So we we don't want to ever rely on on one thing, and we're lucky on Cortez to have a have some diversity in our economy, and diversifying it further is is smart, and and I think there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, looking at value added opportunities for wood. You know, I think that's there's there's a lot of smart people on Cortez. We have a lot of forest in, in community management now. We're showing a new model for doing forestry, and and I think the challenge for us now is what are the value added industries and businesses that we can add to that that are going to make it even more sustainable and and provide more economic opportunity on Cortez. Opening up of the internet through the new fiber optic and and what Twincom has been able to do over the last 15, 20 years has allowed more people to be here who have non traditional jobs, who live work in the tech sector who are, can do their work over email and phone and internet. And I think that's a growing growing potential, attracting those folks here. And it's certainly something that I've been able to do running a business that, that most of our work is happening in other places of Canada, but I can do a lot of the administration from, from Cortez. So that's an industry I think we could develop. The other industry on Cortez that I think is kind of interesting is the food industry. You know, there's a lot of producers here. There's a lot of people who are farming here. There's people, you know, the gathering place, a successful business that started on Cortez and, and is, is, you know, been a real awesome model for a business that's sustainable and, and smart. And I think Becca the, the beans. Becca's Beans, the, the, you know, Linnea Farm, the amount of food they're producing, Blue Jay Lake Farm. You go to the Friday market, there's a lot of cool people doing cool things and making small things. You see a lot of entrepreneurs on Cortez, people that have interesting, cool products and have most of their market on Cortez. And I think that the, the, something I'm interested in as a, as a business person is thinking about how we can support our businesses, our products that are being made here, whether it's, you know, skincare products or food products and get a market outside of Cortez. There's a lot of interest there and people that are entrepreneurial in that sector already. And, and how can we help them grow? Yes, we, we thought about that when we were able to expand the co-op bakery a few years ago. 
could we find some more outlets, you know, for our bread, which was very popular. But the biggest challenge, I mean, even before COVID, was that we couldn't get enough people working in the bakery to bring it up to its potential productivity so that we could make enough that we could export it as well as producing it for sale on the premises. And, oh dear, you know, that brings us right around to housing again, because that's one of the main reasons that businesses on the island can't find enough workers. Yeah, it's it's the economic indicator for our community, I think. We're, if, if we're not going to address housing, then there's not going to be a lot of room for economic growth. And it's it's, you know, it's the basis of it. Every business I speak with challenges to run at capacity because they can't find staff that have housing or that you know businesses that have staff but their staff are in unstable housing and it makes their work abilities unstable if we can address housing we're going to provide us with an opportunity to to be more sustainable economically and you know i think do what's right in the world as far as houses for people that that need it well you you have plenty of issues on your plate many of them of passionate interest to the community. How are you planning to keep in touch with your constituents? Uh, read the room, get a sense of the community's needs and priorities. I have about 300 people on my mailing list so far, folks that have visited my website and, and signed up, and a lot of them have shared what issues that they care about and their ideas for positive change. And, and what's the name of that website? CortezTogether.com. So people can go there and, and there's a form that they can fill in their information and also tell me what they care about. What are the things they, they want to see happen? Where's the, where's the action that you want to see me take? What issues do you care about? I'm looking to engage with as many people as I can on this island and have the best understanding I can of the people that are living here and, and the action that, that people want to see happen so that I can you know confidently make decisions where, where I'm representing this community. And so I, I need to hear from people. You know, if you haven't signed up to my website yet, if you haven't reached out, I, I'd, I'd love if you could. I've just got my regional district phone number and email address, so I can be reached at mvonesch, V-O-N-E-S-C-H, at srd.ca. And my phone number, which you can text or call, is 250-202-4422. I've discovered over the years, and it surprises me because I spent my working life in computing and networking, um, but there are a surprising number of people on Cortez, especially my age and older, who really don't do digital, um, barely use email, how can you keep in touch with that demographic, uh, the folks who don't visit websites, don't read Tideline or Facebook? Are you planning to revive town meetings, like um, get people out in person? Well, for, you know, as I spoke about, one of the things I want to do is do a housing summit that brings people together in person and online, but but certainly in person. And you're right, there's a lot of folks that, that aren't don't do the digital thing, and I need to figure out how to to reach them and to make sure that they're part of the political bubble. So, you know, folks that are listening to this or folks that do have digital access, you know, helping those folks get connected or, you know, share their issues are, are great. You know, I, my, my phone number, you know, I think that's, that's an easy way that anybody can, can reach. So please pass that around. And, you know, I'm a month into my job and I'm just figuring out the, the, the most effective and best ways to do that. But I want to, I want to reach people. I want to talk to people. I want to really want to understand people's stories and the issues that they care about and, and really serve and represent this community. Had you considered renting a table at Friday Market? 
Oh yeah. So one of the things that I'm I'm doing is is the real youth office. I'm gonna I'm changing that over so it's gonna be half real youth and half regional director. So I'm gonna have office hours at Manson's Hall and and ways for people to sit down with me personally and you know and, and chat in person, which I think is is important. I I love in person meetings, and so that that's gonna be I think hopefully open up a new avenue for people to connect with me, and I'm open to to other things as well. I'm in a position where I'm also dedicating time to finding solutions and understanding what's worked in other places. And and part of my job is to say, hey, look, here's an idea and this is why it's good and this is how it's worked. And then the community can be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Or like, that would be awesome if this changed or that's a terrible idea. But one, you know, it's always awesome when I have somebody on Cortez who comes up to me with solution orientated. The most useful thing for me is folks that care about things rather than you coming up to me and be like, this is terrible. This, this is a problem is coming up to me with, this is the challenge. And, you know, here's one of my ideas for something I think that might work. And I've talked to five of my neighbors and quite a few other folks and they think it's a good idea. And, you know, this is what would, this is a very specific thing that would need, would need to happen to make this better. That's something I can like take and run with. And the, the more of that, where it's really the community coming to me with with the solutions and me you know having a feeling that this is this represents the vast majority of the community people want action on it that's going to allow more things to happen it's going to allow me to really focus on you know representing the community and not having to find all the solutions myself it sounds almost uh, a little daunting yeah i do have big shoes to fill you know starting with gillian douglas the first regional director I feel a lot of responsibility. I feel a lot of, you know, not, not a weight on my shoulders, but certainly like an expectation that I feel from people to get things done and to, to represent them and, and to, to speak up and, and be a leader. And that's what we're going to try and do. You've been listening to an interview with Mark Van Esch, Area B Regional Director as of October 2022. And he sounds pretty excited and optimistic about his new job. Tomorrow, at this same time, we'll continue the conversation with Mark, focusing closely on what is possibly the core issue for Cortez today, housing. Just a reminder, the views and opinions heard on this program are not endorsed by Cortez Community Radio, its board, its staff, its membership, or any granting agency, but are those of the writer, producer, and guests. As always, thanks for listening.